Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Keep this bad boys in tune. <clears throat> Mikey likes it. Mikey likes you. What? Fuck. Forgot the fucking title of my song, my show. I got so wrapped up in my beautiful ballad, my amazing falsetto. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. Um, Mikey likes you. Episode numero cuatro. Um, things are going well. I'm starting to really find myself. I'm starting to find uh, my ability to do the podcast. I think, um, you know, episode one. Had some technical difficulties um, as far as like popping and and hissing and things like that, and we worked through that. Me and the people here at the um, motoring club got some windscreens and whatnot, and changed the angle of the microphones, all that cool stuff. So I'm growing, as hopefully the audience is growing. Uh, I'm growing with the podcast. Um, had some guests. Pardon me, I'm parched. Mmm, mmm. Delicious. Four loco. Pellegrino, not really four loco. Um, and uh, Mike Safe was amazing, really giving some insight into what it takes to have a top 0.0001% physique. But also, we got into things like parenting and self respect. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. And my man, Aaron. Um, he came on and talked about the Align Method and his podcast, the Align Method podcast, and all the things going on in his life. Super interesting guy. You know, he's, he, he's so young to have done the things he's done. He's done bicycle, excuse me, um, motorcycle tours through Mexico, and he lived in Hawaii for a while and has a dad that is in recovery, and he worked through that with his father, and um, developed his own ideas on health and fitness and the alignment method, and uh, I like Aaron very much. So check that out as well, and I got to thank them. And now we are here, um, because the first episode was a Q&A, and now we are at episode number four, and it is a Q&A once again. I always like to line up guests, but, you know, given the feedback that I've gotten, um... It seems like people really want more Q&A, more of the just kind of bare-bones insight into how to live a healthier life. And I really want to stress that living a healthier life, um, you know, training and nutrition is is a part of it. It's absolutely a part of it. But it's not a big of – it's not as big of a piece as your mental and emotional health. It's not. 
Um, it's it's really hard. You can have you can have it. It's not as easy, but you can have really squared away emotional health and psychological health and be out of shape. You can do it. I don't recommend it. I don't think it's as easy. I don't think it's optimal, but you can pull it off. I really don't think you can have sustainable physical health if you're fucked in the head. Stress, um, chaos, trauma, these things take much more of a toll than bad diet does, you know? And I'm not, it, it doesn't give you, I'm not saying, all right, start meditating and see a shrink and then you can eat anything you want and don't train ever. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if you're, if you're prioritizing, if you're making like a, uh, a, a what are those, the, the old um, American Foundation for Health Food Pyramids, the, the big base of the pyramid would be your mental health. It's, it's, it's such a problem in this country. We have such a serious problem with mental health because we live in a world, or we live in a country, I should say, where we've, we're working more than we've ever worked and we're getting paid probably less than we've ever gotten paid relative to you know current inflation and things like that. And we're super stressed and we're overwhelmed with insane amounts of information just inundating us and just, just overwhelming our senses and our, our intellect and our emotions. And um, we just don't have the time or the energy anymore to devote to things like healthy relationships, both romantic and, and friendship and family, of course. Family is kind of eroding. And I don't think that we collectively as a whole, you know, this is speculation. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a sociologist. I'm not a, a, a psychiatrist. But I don't think naturally that you and me that we, um, we want to have fractured relationships with our family. I just don't think the setup of how we do our jobs, how we live our lives, I don't think it's set up to be congruent with like a healthy family structure. And that's really sad and it's scary to me. So, you know, not to get too long-winded about it, but just really realize how important that is. Um, to take care of yourself emotionally, psychologically. It's, it's crucial because as much as I want you to have the body that you dream of, I really do, as much as you can achieve physical um, performance levels and, and, an, and an appearance that makes you happy, it's not going to matter fuck all when you're staring down death if we're all lucky enough to make it into our 80s and 90s and stuff, and you know that, you know, that uh, your trip to the other world is right around the corner, you're not going to be lying in your bed going, ha, 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 I'm comfortable going on to the afterlife because I had abs, buddy. It's just not going to happen. It'll be nice. It's nice to have abs. It's not as important as your kid's worshiping you, worshiping the ground that you walk on, your wife or your husband or your, your partner or whatever it is, you know, admiring you and respecting you. Um, your parents go into their grave with, with love and, and, and mutual respect, you know, for them and 
trust me, that's going to matter more, man. It's going to matter more. All right, um, let me dive into the meat of the show, or the um, the fleshy part for you vegans out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start off with... Mikey likes it, something that I endorse and I sign off on. This week it's something that you can read like it was a couple episodes ago. But I fucked up and I said that the Henry Rollins article was called Iron, when it's really called Iron and the Soul. But this week I won't fuck up the title. Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it. This is uh, Mikey Likes It, where I, on the Mikey Likes You podcast, uh, give you something that I really support, endorse, and believe in. And it could be a training program. It could be a supplement. It could be a nutritional program, a diet, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, last episode, it was uh, a, a, a meditation protocol, the Ziva meditation. Um, it's just something that I really think can help all of us uh, live a better life. This week, it is an article that can be found at Lean Gains, spelled normally, leangains.com. That is the home website of one Martin Burkhan, who is a really smart, really kind of informative and also no-nonsense dude. I truly believe he is responsible, personally, for the overwhelming prevalence and the, the kind of ubiquity of intermittent fasting. I worked personally with Martin Burkhan, paid him money to, to have him coach me, and he, it was worth it. I, I really trust him, and I think you should too. Anyway, at leangains.com, he has an article called Fuck Arounditis. <laughs> yes, I don't need to spell it. You'll, you'll be able to tell the article that is titled Fuck Arounditis. And in this article, he details something that I think is very important. When it comes to physical health, when it comes to your physique, when it comes to achieving progress, which really is the best motivator there is. Achieving progress beats out anything when it comes to, it beats out, you know, wanting to get uh, the hot chick in class or um, wanting to, getting a divorce and wanting to look better now that you're back on the, on the market actually looking in the mirror and going, oh my God, look at, look at my arms. Look at my shoulder. Oh my God, look at my booty. I'm doing it. It's the best, best motivator there is. Fuck Arounditis is an article that details how we, because of the fact that we are just, just so saturated with information, a lot of it unvetted, um, the great Charles Poliquin, strength and conditioning coach, God rest his soul, he used to call it virgin sex teachers, virgin sex ed teachers, because there's a lot of people out there that are spouting off info about how you can get the physique or the performance that you want, and they don't, they've never done it themselves. They've never put in the work. They've never gone through the process. They don't, um, you know, and I'm not saying that every coach has to. Lord knows there's amazing football coaches that have probably never stared through the helmet at a high level. Um, and, you know, fighting coaches, vice versa, any, any high-level sport. Um, but 
when it comes to something like diet and nutrition and getting really lean, I'm not talking about like the person you see on the Today Show who's going to talk about losing that extra 20 so that you can go into summer. I'm not talking about that. That's pretty simple. It's pretty cut and dry. If you want to have the body that when you peel down at the uh, pool or at the beach this summer where people go, oh, shit, holy mackerel, where, you know, gay dudes and chicks are like, whoa, okay, hello there. And where if you're a lady, where uh, your friends who hail from the Isle of Lesbos are like, okay, let's let's scissor that hoe. <laughs> that was a little aggressive. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you're a chick, if you want the guys and the lesbian girls to go, wow, when you're in your bikini, if you want that, if you want to achieve that, it takes a real know-how. It takes a real, serious, deep know-how. And Martin Burkan has done that. He has proven that he knows what he's talking about if you look at his transformation. And he details in this article about how because of this information overload, we're stuck chasing different protocols of training, chasing different wacky fad diets all the time, when in reality, it's a very kind of minimalist list, a checklist of things that you need to be doing for a prolonged period of time to get what you want. And it's train hard, train less frequently, but train better, smarter, and harder. And if you want to lose weight, eat in a caloric deficit. If you want to gain weight, eat in a caloric surplus. And both need to be well-regulated. You don't want to cut calories too much. You don't want to add too many calories if you're trying to bulk up. I see far too many guys, young, most mostly guys. I don't know a lot of females out there that are, like, trying to bulk up. But, you know, they're, they're out there. But they gain, like, 50 pounds, and you're like, oh, I'm so swollen. And you're like, you know, you're, you're fat. You're fat fuck. You know, is that really, was it really worth it? Martin Burkan understands that, and, uh, you know, a regulated deficit or surplus and high protein and train hard. Don't worry about your BOSU ball and your fucking uh, bro split of peak bicep uh, angles to work on the inner part head of the bicep as opposed to the peak is you know don't put the cart before the horse serious man serious ladies are you listening don't get overwhelmed with information that is it's unnecessary it's unnecessary and that look i've learned that that goes for life too if you parry down what you're focusing on, uh, oftentimes it ap- actually opens up your options. It opens up your mind. It opens up your resources. You don't add. Subtract, subtract, subtract. Um, I'll, I'll never forget uh, Trent Reznor came into Kevin and Bean one time. Um, and he's a particularly hard interview because he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not a mean person he, uh, by any stretch. I, I don't, I'm not... This isn't a pejorative. I'm not talking shit on Trent Reznor. He's just, he's a quiet dude. He's not a, he's not like Dave Grohl who just loves to be, you know, boisterous and personable and out there. You know, Trent Reznor doesn't like to do the interviews and he's kind of a quiet dude. Um, off the air, we were talking about the creative process and how he hit a, a tremendous amount of writer's block uh, in creating the album that he was in there promoting. Um, and um, he said, what I found success in was when I hit writer's block, 
I don't add things. I subtract. I say to myself, okay, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm just going to use one string of the guitar today. I'm just going to use the black keys on the piano. He parried things back. And lo and behold, it opened up a lot of doors. And really, the same thing goes for training and nutrition. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who really believes in pleasing your palate even when you're dieting. But at the same time, I got to be honest, I eat like six things. You know, I have like two or three carb sources. I have like two or three protein sources that I include, you know, that have the fats, the dietary fats that I need included. And I rotate through them. Honest. I eat, I could, I could list it right now. This is, this is the God's honest truth. Barring the 10% of the stuff that I put in my body that's just for fun when I go out to dinner with my wife or whatever it may be, or if I'm at a birthday party or something like that, I eat potatoes, white rice, zucchini, carrots, uh, citrus fruits, berries, and then lean animal protein. Um, usually a lot of buffalo, a lot of chicken, um, and a lot of like sirloin. Turkey breast too. A lot of ground turkey. That's it. That's honestly, that's it. Throw in some broth. Try to get a lot of little broth in, you know, for, for the collagen and for the gut health. And you got it, man. You don't have to weigh yourself down with like a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, and, and fuck around itis is it really nails it. It's really well written. And and Martin is a guy who just does not suffer fools. So, you know, maybe we need a little tough talk. And uh, I, I recommend it highly. Even if you're not into being swollen, jacked, and super ripped, it, it'll give you perspective on what it means to be educated and focused in, in this, you know, on your on your journey. That's what I will say. Um, all right. It's time for the next segment. <clears throat> Let me grab my trusty guitar here. Waylon Jennings insignia on it. <clears throat> Is it bullshit? I'll tell you yes or no. I'll try to be non-biased. Suck my balls. When I have nowhere else to go, <clears throat> that's where I go to is uh, the Balzinis. I uh, sincerely apologize if that... Uh, that rubs you the wrong way. Um, is it bullshit? Is it bullshit? Um, these group fitness classes, F45, Orange Theory, um, I'll even throw CrossFit in there. Group fitness classes, they are all the rage. They're a big thing right now. There's a lot of companies that are doing it. Um, F45, I think, at least here in Southern California, seems to be the biggest. Uh, I see a lot of Orange Theory, but I see F45s everywhere. Um, and what they are is essentially interval training with a group. And uh, uh, you get in, you get out. It's quick. It, it is a tough, certainly a tough workout. People message me all the time about it. Uh, should I join F45? Here's my answer. It is, it is not bullshit. But... Understand your goals. If your goal is to have an amazing physique, if you're, if you're overweight or you're underweight and you want to bu buff up, you're underweight, or if you're overweight and you want to lean out, you, that is not really a good 
choice. It isn't. Um, I, I don't want to overwhelm you with n- unnecessary information, but it, it, what, what it really boils down to is if you mix strength training and cardiovascular training, you end up becoming very mediocre at both. And I know it makes you sweat a lot, and I know it makes you feel like you're exercising very hard because you are. You are exercising very hard. But redlining isn't necessarily optimal. Um, redlining for the human system is really effective in very, very, very small doses and should be ensconced really in a smart, practical weight training program and a lot of slow, super slow, super low heart rate uh, aerobic training, walking, like, like serious, like a brisk walk. That's something that can be done frequently and should be done frequently. Uh, weight training, something that should be done at a high level in a rep range that pushes you to kind of get within failure, not not necessarily hit failure. Um, it, you know, I, I like to hit failure, but it's unsafe. You know, you got to really kind of watch it. So to get within, let's say, two reps of failure in a certain rep range, that's what you need to be focusing on for three to four days a week. And if you want to mix in, if you have the energy left over, something like an interval training. So if you want to look great, I do not recommend these classes. But are they bullshit? Absolutely not. If you don't really care about that, you know, you just want to get in better shape, you want to feel better, and if it's the way that it gets you off your ass, I love it. I love the idea of a group, a collective. The communal aspect of fitness is very important, and that's one of the big benefits to CrossFit. Is there's, a, there's a real communal feeling in CrossFit gyms, at least the ones I've been to. And I love that. Hey, man, like I said, if it's, what, if, it, what, if it's something that floats your boat, then do it. You will lose weight if you start dieting with F45. You'll lose some weight. And um, it's just not, it's not really optimal and it's not, I don't think, sustainable if you want to you have that body of your dreams, okay? That, that's all I'll say. But if you're really busy – and you can get into F45 three times a week, and that's the only thing you're going to do if you know that you're not – if you don't join this gym, this is Orange Theory, F45, whatever it is. If you don't do that, you're not going to do anything. By all means, do it. But I will give you a, a, a little tip here. Um, I recently saw a group, like four or five, female and male – F45 trainers at my gym, Gold's Gym, Venice Beach. And they're in their uniforms. They just come from training other people. Now, I'm not saying they don't use F45, but what were they doing? They're in there squatting. And they were all jacked and ripped. So I'm not saying it's not useful. I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm saying is, is if you really want to get the results that I think most of you are looking for, it's just not the optimal way to get there. Um, so just keep that in mind. But again, the group, the group mentality is super effective and it's super positive and super helpful. And I like that. And, um, and it certainly presents, um, suffering, ordinary good suffering, which is something that I really like because, you know, we all need to kind of itch that fight or flight that we're missing out on because we're not ditching lions, you know. Or, or protecting our family from warring tribes. And we're not doing that. And I think that's kind of uh, uh, 
a visceral part of our DNA. So if you want to go in there and bust your ass, do it by all means. Just know that you're not going to look like me if you're a dude and you're not going to look like Jessica Biel if you're a chick, you know. All right. So let me now go into the Q&A part of the podcast. Um, I love the q and I love doing it. It makes me feel really good because I get a lot of positive feedback. And, um, you know, I, you know, there's, there's a, there, I, I certainly like doing it because I like helping people. Um, and there is a part of it philanthropic, I guess, you know, I, I want to help people, but yeah, there's a part of it I'll admit is it's, it's selfish. I feel good. Cause I like know that I'm doing something that's helping people. So it's you scratch my back. I'll scratch yours at Mikey likes you one, the number one, um, on Instagram and Twitter, you know, send those out. And then, of course, at Mike Catherwood on both Instagram and Twitter as well. Let's uh, dive in here. I've marked some great questions. Hey, Mike, I was hoping I could get some relationship. Oh, by the way, unless I will not mention your name, um, I can kind of judge the questions that are safe to read on the air with a name and the ones that aren't. And for this, for instance, this question you will remain anonymous if you send me a question where I feel like you should. Um, so this question is a perfect example. Hey, Mike, I was hoping I could get some relationship advice. I remember you talking openly about being okay with talking to Bianca, that's my wife, about her past relationships, hookups, etc. I'm really struggling with accepting my wife's past, mainly because she's still friends with these guys. They still talk and text, get lunch, blah, blah, blah. I just find it so weird and can't seem to get past it. My mind wanders, and I don't know how to handle it. I really look up to how you handle your life now, and I'd really appreciate your words of wisdom. As far as I know, she doesn't have a history of cheating. I just can't get past thinking these guys don't have good intentions. Very good question. Super good question. Who amongst us hasn't dealt with this, right? Um... I think guys are a little more prone to the jealousy of the past because that's where we're territorial like that. It's macho and it's bullshit, but it, it you know, it happens. We're the, we, we feel that way. But you got to really take a step back and recognize how immature and short-sighted it is to hold your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband responsible for something they did in the past. you're going to hold them responsible for their behavior prior to meeting you, prior to dating you, that's pretty weird. I get it. I've done it. But if you really respect and love and trust this person, it's something that's got to go. Now, the... She still has lunch and texts and stuff with him. Upside and downside. Upside is she's on a good she's on good terms with people she used to date. Very good upside. There's you got to worry about like a guy or a gal whose breakups are always nasty because it's like, well, how much of it is those dudes or gals, and how much of it is you? I have a handful of girls that are like. Like, they don't talk to me anymore or, like, when they see, we see each other, it's not fun. But I would say 
90% of the people I used to date or even just casually sleep with, um, we're on pretty good terms. Um, so there's a, there's a positive there, but I think you, I think you're well within your right. Um, this is, you know, look, this is your wife, you know, and if it's your wife or your boyfriend or your, or excuse me, your wife, or your husband, or someone or your partner that you've been with a, a long enough time, it's not just someone you've been dating for like a couple months. If you're in an exclusive long-term relationship, I think you you have the right to say something. To say, look, I don't hold you accountable for how um, uh, how you handled yourself or what you did prior to us dating or to getting together. But I, I, I it, uh, it, look, I'll just be honest. It weirds me out that you're going to lunch with Mary or you're going to lunch with Billy. It wears me out. And I can't help but feel like those guys, um, in particular guys, have bad intentions. Because let's realistically think, like, we probably do. Um, I'll give you an example from my life. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, and she was like, she like I really cared for her. She was a girlfriend. She wasn't just like a casual thing. She's, she's kind of into fitness. She's really into fitness, actually. And she hit me up. Um, you know, I've been married to my wife seven years and we've been together almost eight and a half. So it's not, it's not like this is fresh or anything, but she hit me up pretty recently. She still lives on the West side near me. And she was curious if we could like train together. And I'm always, I'll be very honest with you. There's nothing about me that wants to cheat on my wife. There's zero. Um, but this girl is very attractive, and we used to have sex a lot. And if I'm training her or training with her, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I would be thinking about fucking her because I would totally be thinking about fucking her. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't even let the train leave the station. But my point is, is like, if she's squatting in front of me, in yoga pants, I'm going to be, like, definitely thinking, like, well, you fuck her. That's pretty sweet. That looks great. I'm lustful. So, you know, there's there's got to be a little bit of honesty with her, with your wife in this case, and then with, with yourself. Um, does that mean she can't – she and I can't have, like, a nice relationship where we text or call every once in a while? Absolutely not. We're adults here. But I think you're well within your rights to at least lay down some boundaries where you both feel comfortable. That's all I got to say. But, but that comes with this. There's nothing worse. Correct me if I'm wrong, ladies. Please tweet me, DM me, whatever. There's nothing worse from a female point of view. This is for straight relationships right now. Um, it's, it gets murky with gay dudes, at least with my gay friends. But here's a straight relationship take on it female point of view about their male partners. There's nothing worse than over, overly jealous, controlling bullshit. Where it's like, I don't even want you near men when I'm not around. I don't want you going out with your girlfriends and getting drunk. I don't want you next to that handsome guy. I don't want you going to the gym with that attractive trainer. It's like, stop it. Your Women have crazy, lustful thoughts just like we do. And if you're in a relationship that's any, worth anything, you just 
take, you take care of it. You control it. And my whole take on it is, let's say she is around some handsome trainer and they end up fucking. Wouldn't you rather know that than continue and be on a relationship where you maybe even marry and then have kids with someone that is, that is not right for you? That is wandering or has, has feelings of, of, of lack of safety or trust with you? Because by and large, women who feel safe and comfortable and trusting of their partners, they don't cheat. And same goes for dudes. Every once in a while, I will, you know, this sounds, I'm not sticking up for dudes who cheat, but I, I realistically believe that there's guys who are cheaters that love, love, love their women or their, or their men in, in gay relationships. Like I said, it gets murky with guy, gay relationships, male gay relationships, because it's two dudes. And they're so horny and they're so gross. <laughs> guys are so gross. That, um, you know, it's hard because I really do think guys can love their partner and still cheat. Um, I don't recommend it. I don't endorse it. I don't support it. But by and large, for the most part, women, if they feel like they're being tended to, they're listen- you're listening to them, you really are connecting with them, and you, and you make them feel safe, they're, they're not going tr- to cheat. Now, if she goes out and cheats, that means there's something up with your relationship and this is probably a blessing in disguise. So that, you know, it's a long-winded answer, but I, I think that there's a, there's a lot there, you know? Uh, hey, Mike. Love the new podcast. I have a question for you. I was an elite level two sport athlete in soccer and volleyball. Now, this is a question where I don't feel at all, um, like, I, I don't feel any reservations giving this guy's name this is an excellent question and there's no embarrassment here jeremy chapit thank you so much for this amazing question hey mike love the new podcast i have a question for you i was an elite level two sport athlete in soccer and volleyball but then after college i ballooned up to about 310 pounds Woo, beefy and lived that way for the next 15 years just recently i found my quest for fitness good for you man and i'm down about 40 pounds awesome awesome the problem I have now that I'm working out uh, a lot is joint injuries and inflammation. My ankles are a fucking nightmare. Do you have any recommendations for any supplements or diet tricks that can help? Great showman. Thanks. Every once in a while with kind of hippie holistic stuff, uh, they get it right. <laughs> I, 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 I warn against a lot of the hippie holistic kind of woo-woo whole foods fitness stuff. Because most of it, not all, but most of it is based in bullshit. But every once in a while, that whole hippie world gets it right. And this is one of those times. Inflammation. If you can identify foods that cause inflammation in your body, it's not always the same for everybody. For instance, I eat a shit ton of dairy. I'm great. I'm good. But most people, some people can't tolerate dairy. If, it, if it's dairy, if it's, um, if it's uh, grains, and if for most people, for I, most people that walk the earth, refined grains and, and sugars, um, it, these things cause inflammation in the body. If you can rid yourself of that for a prolonged period of time, six weeks or more, you will find joint aches and, and connective tissue really does improve. 
It's, it's, it's miraculous. Removing external forms of inflammation is, is tremendous for actually your internal feeling when it comes to the achy joints and pains and things like that. Um, an elimination diet is not something I recommend long-term for, for things like health and fitness and weight loss and, and, and that, but an elimination diet when it comes to inflammation is, is the way to go. A lot of people like to really eliminate because of, of the simplicity and go with, say, like um, a carnivore diet where you eat nothing but meat. Now, you, we could sit here and argue all the live long day about how healthy or good or bad a carnivore diet is for the environment, for your health, whatever it may be. One thing I know for sure, a carnivore diet is fantastic for eliminating inflammation because we as human beings – do not derive inflammatory response from animal protein. We just don't. Um, if you can find science that shows that you do, please send it to me. But it is one of the few things that, like, overall, the Homo sapien does perfectly well with, um, which is, you know, a, a big chunk of the argument for meat eaters. Uh, I, I'm not going down that path. Don't, if you're a vegan, you're like, oh, no, but, but there's other factors. You're right. There's other factors. There's environmental factors. There's moral factors. Totally. I'm not saying good or bad. What I'm saying is, is if we're just talking inflammation, um, you know, the carnivore diet is, is effective. Um, there is the Whole30, which seems to be tremendously effective, and it gives you a little bit more dietary leeway than just eating red meat or just exclusively animal protein and eggs. So it, it, look into that. Also, I will recommend um, really quality forms of uh, collagen. My, my favorite form is bone broth. I eat it pretty much every day, and, unless there's just something goes on and I can't get to it. But if I have my way, I will have a box of kettle and fire bone broth every single day. Uh, I prefer chicken bone broth to beef because the bones are smaller. I know that sounds weird. But uh, bone broth from chicken, because their bones are thinner and, and, and smaller, you actually get more of those little bone bits and the, the marrow and things like that. Gigantic cattle bones, um, they, don't, um, they don't like leach as much of the beneficial collagen as uh, chicken broth does. I learned that from Stan Efferding. Uh, much props to the Vertical Diet. Um, I believe it's verticaldiet.com. Either way, Google Stan Efferding. Um, but that, yeah, it's one of the things I learned, and that's totally true. Um, so, you know, look into collagen. It definitely, it totally works and you get nice skin and hair too. So that is something I would recommend. Also, depending on your age, um, proper warmups before things like squatting and deadlift. It's, it's not like I recommend it. It's essential. Okay. You can do like some lighter rep, lighter weight and, and higher reps of some deadlifts and, you know, maybe twist your back out, stretch a little bit, and be ready to go if you're 21. Trust me, as we start to get older, do a real, real deadlift warm-up. Mark Bell has one up on his YouTube page. Um, uh, hybrid performance method, I, I constantly recommend them. They have a great one. Uh, I'll try to put up some links, to to some other ones I've seen online that are fantastic, and that will help. It will help. And now, if you have real sincere mobility problems, warm-up's not going to matter much in the long run, but if, if it's just something like an achy knee or a sore ankle, which is something that I, I certainly deal with, um, you know, a great warm-up will, will alleviate a lot of that pain. 
All right, so let's keep on moving. The Q&A section here of Mikey Likes You. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. I know this is exciting. Uh, that's not a good question. That's not a good question either. Uh, what's up, Mike? Big fan of yours. Listened to you for many years. I just wanted some input advice from you. I have a now. This is going to sound like a joke question. This is a really important question. I'm not kidding. This is, you know, and believe you me, this is an example of a question where I'm not going to give out the person's name. Um, what's up, Mike? Big fan of yours. Listened to you for many years. I just wanted some input advice from you. I have a five-inch penis, and a lot of time I tend to be really insecure about my size when, it fir- when I first started having sex in a relationship. You talk about having one close in size. Do you feel the same way sometimes? If so, how did you cope with it? I know you're a busy man, but you can reply. That would be awesome. I'd really appreciate it. Okay, like I said, I know you're sitting there listening going, oh, that's a dick question. <laughs> no, it's serious. If you're a female um, in, a, in a straight relationship, uh, know that guys are concerned with it. If you're in a gay male relationship, believe me, it's an issue. I'm, I've never met bigger size queens than um, my gay friends. And for us men personally, to one extent or another, we are concerned with our size. We put way more emphasis on it than I think we should, and I only say that because I've been run through the ringer by constantly assuming that mine was too small. Here's the thing. I used to host Loveline. I have a very, very cool, unique perspective on this we took the call my boyfriend husband whatever uh my my current hookup his be- his dick is too big we took that call 500 times in the eight years i did love line no no kidding girls and gay dudes were constantly calling saying how do i get around i love this guy but, man, he's too big, and it hurts, and I, it makes sex unenjoyable. We took my boyfriend-slash-husband-slash-hookup-is-too-small twice, maybe. If you are above micro-penis, which is a real thing, and now and if, if we're talking like you have a one-inch erection, one-and-a-half-inch erection, okay, I don't know what to do, but I can understand. Seek help because that's probably going to affect you in your sex life. But if you are average, maybe even a little below average, you have just as much chance, if not more chance, of being a great lover as the dude with the nine-inch dong. It's true. Sex, it's crazy how much sex really isn't about the physical. <laughs> because it's a, this physical thing that we share. It's like this mutual physical activity. It's so much of it is not about that. And for you straight guys out there who are worried about your penis size, the overwhelming majority of girls aren't even, uh, don't achieve orgasm through penetration. They achieve it it through direct clitoral stimulation. So 
worrying about your dick doesn't matter one bit. Worry about getting down there, you know, down south and blah, 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 blah. And do it softer than you're doing it. Overwhelming amount of guys just black. Because we do to them, to girls what we think we want. And we want girls to attack our dick like a, a, a Kodiak bear at getting a salmon out of a river. But that's, chicks don't, don't want that. They want like delicate love to the clitoris. So, you know, your penis size isn't really as much of a big deal as we make it. And five inch of dude, you're fine. You're fine. It's all about how you handle yourself, man. Really be devoted to being into and listening, like even not listening to the words, but like listening to a woman's body, listening to your lover's body, really being responsive and tuned in a million times more important than having a huge dong. Now, that being said, I wouldn't mind a couple more inches. For my ego. Oh, for loco. All right. Let us continue. I'm switching over to Twitter. I was on Instagram. If you want to be my lover, got to get with my friends. I downloaded, hello, from Nolan. I downloaded my fitness pal right after your first episode. Awesome. I've been logging food workouts for a week now. How important is the timing of getting food in you after a workout if you want to build muscle? I struggle getting carbs and protein within 30 to 60 minutes after a workout. Not as important as the magazines and the blogs would like to um, make it seem. If you're really consumed with like if you're if you're a competitive model or fit or bodybuilder or something, I do think at least with the science shows at least amino acids are important to be in the bloodstream prior to, and and we're seeing now, um, prior to or during a workout is more important than post workout. That post workout window that is so coveted, really not even close to as important as getting it in your system prior to a workout and during. Um, for those of you who intermittent fast uh, and oftentimes train fasted, I'm the same way. Essential amino acids is something that I use and, and utilize and I recommend. Um, weight training, that is. If you're going to weight train or do like CrossFit, something really glycolytic, something really demanding like that, I do think if you're training fasted, it, 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 it's worth it <clears throat> to get some amino acids in your system. Branch chain amino acids are not as effective. It, it, look, if money's an issue, I understand. Use them. But um, essential amino acids, there's a lot of great products out there. I use Matt Porter's MPA, Matt Porter approved uh, essential amino acids, and it's awesome. It's a fantastic product. And I mix two scoops of that in my little water jug, and I sip it throughout my workout. Um, and I like to get a couple sips in before my workout, you know, 15 minutes prior. So that uh, – Milo Sarkov, uh, a tremendously famous bodybuilder and well-regarded bodybuilding coach, used to say don't want to train with empty blood. Um, and it's kind of right. You don't want to go in there and attack the musculature without having amino acids in your bloodstream to uh, kind of help with recovery. And then also protein synthesis. It helps. I can't say that well. Protein synthesis. Um, so yes, I, I think that that's important. If you are 
getting your calories to where you want them and you're eating enough protein, though, really, if you're making sure you're eating, you know, let's say one gram per pound of body weight of protein, it's not, it doesn't matter. You don't have to, like, rush home before work to get, make sure I have my whey protein shaker. No, stop it. Overall, in the long run, when it comes to real results for real people, it doesn't matter, that little half-hour window. It's not that important. Um, just make sure you regulate your, your intake and get high protein. And then if you want to lose weight, like I said, lose body fat, a little bit of a deficit. You want to gain a little bit of a surplus. Uh, let's see here. Can I stay and get swoller while intermittent fasting? Was doing 16-8, but, which means fasting for 16 hours, and then his feeding window is 8 hours? Um, but have pushed it to 18.6 recently. I find it hard to crush enough food with the more restrictive window, but enjoy the benefits of it. Should I throw protein shakes and such in there too? That from Balls McGee. <laughs> oh, yes, my fans. Balls, thank you, at Balls McGee. Um, if, you're, if you're going to intermittent fast, and I do recommend the 16-8 break, that's what I use. You can certainly get enough calories and protein in um, in an eight-hour window. I do it. When I, I was recently bulking up a little bit, uh, I, I'm now a little bit more concerned with, with uh, losing weight. But um, right before Christmas and into the beginning of the new year, I was, you know, I was trying to add a, some muscle. And I was intermittent fasting. Um, and I like to get around 2,600 calories when I'm bulking up, Okay. Um, and I was, that means I'm getting 280 to 300 grams of protein. So doing that in an eight hour window was tougher, but you can sure do it. I really find it difficult in a six hour window. Uh, the 18, six split can, has been shown to be beneficial for some people with fat loss and muscle retention. So if you're, if you're overweight, I, stick with it. You can do it. That's usually people in a six-hour window, they eat only twice, and that's fine. Um, but if you're trying to bulk, man, it's really tough. And you look like, by the picture in your, in your uh, profile, you're a bigger fella. I can't imagine getting 3,300 calories or something in two meals. It just would feel uncomfortable. So, you know, spread that window out. Go with eight. Go with three meals. It makes it a little easier. Um, but if you're, if you're really focusing on fat loss and muscle retention, go ahead, stick with that 18 hour fast. Um, and uh, you know, it actually makes it a little bit hard, a little bit easier to control your eating. I found. So there you go. Uh, a little, little, uh, since we brought up intermittent fasting, um, women, now this is just, this is what science shows. I'm not telling you how to do things, but women, it's been shown don't respond as well to longer fasts. Um, I've seen a lot of great coaches. I, I've even seen Martin Burkhan himself, the kind of the godfather of intermittent fasting, really recommend more of a tw start with like a 12 and maybe even beef it up to 14-hour fast for women and the 16 to 18 stuff, that reserve that for guys. It's a hormonal reaction. It, it's the difference between us guys and gals. We are different when it comes to metabolic uh, activity. Um, so just a little warning. Um, I've actually seen it really wreck women who are trying to push that caloric deficit so they push their um, fast window. 
and they they truncate their eating window. It it, it can fuck you up. Um, guys seem to handle it a little better. So just go out there with that bit of knowledge. Do you need to do core work if you're already doing heavyish compound lifts? Very, very good question. Clashing disaster. Um, the the short answer, no. If you're deadlifting heavy and really staying in like a three to five rep range and then, you know, periodizing into higher rep ranges and deadlifting and squatting and really working your core in doing those lifts and maybe even working in some front squats or something, you're getting a tremendous amount of positive stimulus to your lower back, uh, your obliques and your, your abdominal wall, your front uh, abdominal wall there. But if you want to be real strong, like impressive strong, there's not a power lifter out there that wouldn't recommend working in some serious um, core stabilization work. Things like ab wheel rollouts and planks and then, you know, uh, good mornings for your lower back and, um, you know, uh, the, the erector. I forget what the official name is, but you know what I'm talking about. Like a, you put your legs in the, in the back there, it holds your heels and you go up and down, up and down like a little, you know, lower back races, <laughs> whatever the fuck you call them. Uh, hyperextensions? Yeah, okay. Um, you, you know, you like I said, you're not going to find a high-level lifter that doesn't do that. It, it, it is important. There is benefit. If you are a athlete, uh, a sport athlete, com- competitive sport athlete of some sort, baseball player, football player, MMA fighter, boxer, um, martial artist of other sorts, tennis, rotational ab strength is absolutely important, and you should totally train that. Things like medicine ball work where in a rotational, uh, anti-rotational work where you're holding things out in front of you and preventing it from the, the external force from rotating you. Um, those are those are big time. Um, and you're not gonna you, you're not gonna find a, a high-level strength and conditioning coach that wouldn't recommend that. If you are an everyday dude or gal, um, I really don't you don't need it. Um, not to go back to not to suck Martin Burkan off even more. But the guy's shredded with an amazing six-pack. He never does ab work. I rarely do some ab work unless I'm training for, like, a fight or something like Ellis Mania. Or when I was in competitive jiu-jitsu, I used to train my abs pretty thoroughly in my lower back. But now, just wanting to look awesome, I don't really train them. I don't. I do, I do vacuum poses um, to kind of prevent myself from getting a distended gut because I lift heavy now. And it, it may not really work. I mean, I don't know, but I'm definitely getting better abdominal control from it. And I do them every day, but I don't do like direct abdominal work all that much. Um, so that's that. Uh, let's see if I have one more good question. If not, I will move into the final thoughts here. Oh, here's, a, here's an excellent question. I'm, oh, yes, I'm glad I found this one. Okay. Hey, Mike, I recently lost 35 pounds and my arms and my chest are looking great. I've even lost a lot of weight in my face, but I can't seem to lose my spare tire. I've got serious tummy fat and I'm wondering, am I doing something wrong or when or how does this go away? Amazing, amazing question. Um, here's the deal. How many of you, as I'm reading that question, go, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I need to hear this answer. There are different types of fat in your body, visceral fat, subcutaneous fat, alpha fat, beta fat is, you know, getting more scientific. 
certain fat, as we stay in a caloric deficit, as more energy is being used than is put into the body, certain fat is preferential to be taken compared to others for a myriad of reasons. The biggest reason is that biologically, we, the body wants to hold on to fat in certain areas to keep organs warm. So your shoulders and your upper arms, not really that important to have a layer of fat there. Your face, certainly not that important to have a layer of fat there, and your calves and things like that. This is overly simplified, but who cares, right? Who, who needs, like, the deep scientific analysis? But if you can feel your skin, right, go around, feel all over your body. Feel, like, uh, by your elbow, okay? That skin's very thin, very thin, very tight. Feel uh, uh, by your temple, you know, the skin, very thin, very tight. By your calf. Very thin, very tight. Even if you're overweight, it's, you know, it's got, feel the fat, the kind of fat folds or the skin around your belly uh, for you ladies around maybe like your hips and your, or your uh, booty and your guys, if you're really overweight, like around your, your outside of your, your, your pecs, a little thicker, right? It's thick. You know, there's these things called visceral fat. It's not subcutaneous fat, meaning under the skin. It's, there's thick fat there. Biologically, we want to keep warmth around certain uh, certain tissue and certain organs. For women, it is, first and foremost, the reproductive organs. That is why women get what, they, what is called, I know it's mean, but, it, but yeah, let's just get right to it. That's why women get a fupa and guys don't, typically. You know, guys get a pot belly. Women get the thing where it's like below their belt buckle, the fat upper pussy area, hence fupa. And women carry a lot of their body fat in, like, um, their lower legs or you know, the legs up by where it connects to the booty, to the glutes. Um, that Look, that's all biology, man. Guys, we get it, like I said, outer pecs, pot belly, lower back. These, This is the body at work. There's nothing wrong with you. You're well on your way. You, you will – when you lose weight, you will see it in your face almost immediately. You will then see it in your arms and, like, your upper chest around your clavicle. You will see it in, like, even by your knees if you're, if you're you know, not too overweight. It takes a long time. It takes patience. Not willpower, not all It takes patience and understanding to get the belly fat off. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not doing anything wrong. Go for it. Keep going. It's just way harder. It is. That's biology, man. That's not you. That's not uh, your diet. That's not your training. All of you out there who are saying, well, how can I do You can't spot reduce it. You can't, you know, do certain exercises to focus on that fat. You just got to keep blasting away. And patience is a totally underrated virtue when it comes to getting physique changes. You are not, you are being sold so much bullshit when you see this, like, a lot of these women's health magazines are fucking so angry. They anger me so much because it's like the 16-day the get, get that body you want plan and stuff. And it's like, fuck you. That's not only, it's not, you're not only a charlatan, you're dangerous. Because what happens? Let me guess. Tell me if I'm wrong. 
You buy that fucking magazine, and it's got the impossibly thin, ripped chick on the cover, and then it's got the fitness models doing the exercises and the in the plan that you're going to for this 16-day get-ripped plan. You follow it. You lose three pounds. It's, 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 it's excruciatingly tough because you're fucking eating nothing, and you're not eating anything you want to eat. And you lose two or three pounds, and you're stuck, and you go, what the fuck? Why am I even doing this? It's so discouraging. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll be this way forever. <sighs> Pass me the Cheetos. Let's turn on Netflix. All right? Don't listen to that shit. You can do it. You really can. I used to feel when I was a kid like I got, I look, I got D's and C's and F's because I thought that's what I deserved. I was that kid. I looked at the other kids who got good grades and went to great colleges and stuff, and I was like, that's for them. That's not for me. That wasn't, that wasn't designed for me. I'm a fuck up. I'm a class clown. I really did. I was convinced. And I know, I know that there's a lot of you listening that are saying, uh, I, I don't deserve to have a six pack and big rippling muscles if you're, you know, a guy, or I don't deserve to have an amazing booty and a tight little waist if you're a chick. You, yes, you do. That's not for peop- specialized people like me. I have terrible genetics. It's not just for those people. It's for you. If you want it, you can have it. It's for you. You deserve it. You're worth it. You can do it. I mean it. I could have gotten A's and B's if I wanted to. Not I mean not if I wanted to, meaning I, I would I would have to work hard and study and shit, which I didn't do. But my point being is if if I wanted to have that world, I could have done things to make it for me because it definitely was for me, just like it was for anybody else. I just convinced myself that it wasn't. And don't let uh, these fitness magazines and these Instagram models and these people on TV and all that, don't let them convince you that that's for them exclusively and it's not for you. If you want it, fucking do it. And you can. You really, really can. But it ain't going to happen tomorrow. And it ain't going to happen in 40 days. If you really want it, I'm just being honest with you because I think that there's a lot of benefit to it. Most of us, it's going to take years. You will see great progress in 60 days, six weeks. You'll You'll see amazing stuff. But for the most of us, myself included, it took years. And that's okay. You know why? Because the end result isn't really that important. It's a fucking journey. And that sounds so cheesy. Sounds so cliche, self-help bullshit. It's the truth. People always are like, hey, uh, you recommended this program um, and this diet, and it's working really well. Uh, what should I do in four months when I'm done? When you told, me, you told me to stick with this for four months, what should I do? Fuck all that! Today's the day. 
If I was to think about not having drugs or alcohol for the rest of my life, I will drive myself crazy. I take it one day at a time. I know it's that old cliche adage that everyone who has nothing to do with 12-step programs, you've all heard people say it. It's so true, and it applies to your life too. Even if you're not an addict, just today you're going to eat a beautiful diet and nourish yourself, and you're going to feel amazing, and today you're going to go in and you're going to train hard. And you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, and you're going to dust yourself off and say, time to do it again. I'm just going to worry about till fucking I close my eyes tonight. Let's go. Eat an elephant one bite at a time, the same way you eat a frog. Why did I choose a frog? I could have chosen, like, same way you eat a chicken breast. Uh, but, you know, that's, that, my point is, is, like, just, just worry about right now, worry about today, get the job done. You'll wake up the next morning. You may not have lost any weight. You may not have gained any muscle. But you know what? You'll fucking feel a lot better about yourself when you look in the mirror. You will. You will not have changed one fucking percent in your body. But you will look in the mirror and go, that's right. I did it. Did that shit. Let's go. I'm ready for round two. Next thing you know, you're like me. 18 fucking years. No drugs. No alcohol. Okay? So that's that. Now, I'm going to finish up the show with what I like to call Mikey's monologue. Um, I don't like to tell you how to live your life. I'm simply giving you some insight and from things that I've gathered from my experience. And I will tell you, this kind of plays on what I was just talking about. Willpower. People always tell me, man, Mike, really admire you, your willpower. And I, you know, I just say, thank you because it's, it's a nice compliment. But in reality, I don't have that much willpower, and neither you. It's a very fleeting, unsustainable source of motivation and discipline. I do not recommend that you rely on willpower for your diet. I do not recommend that you rely on willpower for your addiction problems. I do not recommend that you rely on willpower to train hard when you don't want to, because it will let you down. And the process of relying on willpower is excruciating. It sucks. I just got through saying I've got 18 years sober. About five or six of those, I relied on willpower. I just just grit my teeth and bear it. It wasn't the first five. I got complacent. About five years in, but it's over in 2002. Yeah, to, to about three, four years in. I got obsessive about work. I didn't care about anything else. I was like, I don't need to go to meetings. I don't need to do this, blah, 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 blah. And I started just white knuckling it. And I didn't go back to drinking or using, but fuck, it sucked. And it was killing me, killing me. And when I used to diet in a way that was unhealthy, now, granted, I got results. I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking got results. But it was killing me to just white-knuckle it, to just be like, I'm not going to have that cake because I'm so fucking tough and disciplined. All I ended up doing was either 
perpetuating or, frankly, increasing my negative relationship with food because of willpower. The human will is an incredibly strong force, but it can't be misused. You can't rely on it. It is not your engine. It's your navigator. Your engine has to be your relationship with yourself. I've gotten to the point where I wake up and I really do feel better about myself when I have some oatmeal and some egg whites. It's not that I'm resisting the breakfast cereal. I just feel better. I have a better relationship with it. I'm mindful about it, and I go, this is good and delicious. I found something that's healthy and fits my macros and gives me high protein, and I like it, and I eat it, and it's awesome. And if I wanted to have a fucking slice of pizza, I'm going to have it tonight. It's amazing how I don't, I go weeks, months without having a slice of pizza by telling myself, yeah, if I wanted to, I will. Because you know what? I love food and I love my life and I love it. And so if I want to have it, it doesn't really matter and blah, 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 blah. It's amazing how much better things are when I just rearrange how I look at things. Like I said, when I use willpower as my navigator instead of my engine. And my engine is positive thinking and, 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 a, and a clean, uplifting relationship with the things that I'm doing to better myself. And you know what else happens? I don't do this, which I used to do when I was a willpower guy. I've gone 35 days without having anything enjoyable. I've had unsalted chicken breast and haddock, and uh, orange roughy, and steamed broccoli, and that's it, and I'm shredded. I earned this piece of pie. Ah, it's a good pie. Oh, yeah, I'll just, uh, a couple more bites, yeah, okay, I'll finish that piece, that's fucking really good pie. Uh, uh, Garçon, two more pieces of pie. Now I'm stuffing my fucking face, and I finish a whole pie. On my way home, I stop by Jack in the Box and get an Oreo milkshake because I was like, I need it. I've earned it. Oh, I've got. I, it's been so long since I had anything that tasted good. It's not healthy. It's not sustainable. It's not right. Willpower lets you down. Learn to be friends with willpower. It's not your parent your buddy that's all i gotta say about that thank you again to everybody who listens please subscribe please download please tell your friends uh i am michael catherwood at mike catherwood on instagram and twitter at mikey likes you one on instagram and twitter and in i will sign off now with something that i used to say every single night on loveline and i like it and i believe in it and I think it's now going to be my sign-off for this show, which you are listening to, called Mikey Likes You. And it goes like this. In this crazy, mixed-up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.